Hey guys, what's good? You're listening to London College of Communications Value Talks, a series where we bring together figures from across the creative industries to chat about contemporary issues and the importance of creativity. I'm Timothy Ogu. I'm a multidisciplinary artist and a creative director, and I graduated from LCC back in 2017. Today, I'll be joined by three filmmakers to discuss carbon space in the creative industries and how to turn your passion into a full-time career. You'll hear from writer and director Simona Olonipikent, whose work has ranged from commercial content for global brands to award-winning shorts. Director of photography Natalia Safanova, who has worked with major clients such as Channel 4, Adidas, WeTransfer and Somerset House. And fellow LCC grad, artist and director Tash Tung, who has worked on commercials for brands like Virgin and music videos for artists like Georgia Smith and Brie Runaway. It's time to hear from our panellists, but just a reminder, you can also head over to the LCC YouTube channel to watch our value talks as they happened. I hope you guys enjoy. My name is Tash Tung and I'm a director. I work a lot in short form, so commercials, uh, fashion films, music videos, and um, hopefully it's going to start a narrative soon. Nice. Yeah. Right, what about you? Hey, uh, I'm Natalia Safunova and I am a DOP, Director mm-hmm. of Photography, and I work mainly in short form as well. Commercials, branded content, music videos. I also do documentaries and I shot my first series for Channel 4 last year. Nice. Amazing. Um, my name is Simon Alani Peckin. Um, I'm a writer-director. do a lot of everything in terms of doc, commercials and narrative is the is the passion and that's the goals and that's nice the, yeah nice and today we're going to be talking about filmmaking and how to make that your career so i'd like to just know first of all your stories of how you got here today so who wants to take it away sam i'll come back to you yeah i'll go um good question i think for me early 20s i was running around with friends with the cameras and you know we got paid to do i would shoot little short films just stuff just for the jokes mm. learning as we go editing, shooting, a lot of them were terrible, but someone paid us 200 pounds to do something, then 500, then a thousand, and then, you know, and it just grew very, very naturally. And I think I always say I was making kind of branded content before it was had a name, Yeah, branded content. So we were just doing stuff for people or for friends and for yeah. brands. And then, yeah, within that I was editing, I was shooting the first proper role in my, in, for my profession was producing mm-hmm. and then I've been directing for maybe two maybe three or four years now mm-hmm. I guess they always wore cameras around when I was growing up no. uh, with my dad later I found out my grandmother also wanted to be a DOP so mm-hmm. in the 50s she applied to film school but she wow. didn't get in wow. <laughs> although I did not know about that up until quite recently mm-hmm. Yeah, so I studied film here at LTC and later I went to NFTS as well. But I've also, I've been working freelance, sort of doing literally bits and bobs, much like yourself, doing photography, videography, editing, like in the early days. Literally, yeah, anything related to film, I would pick it up and do it to make money, have ex- uh, get some experience and try and figure out how to make this my career. Mm. <laughs> and um I think probably about three, four years ago, it finally all lined up and I can say that I'm actually a filmmaker. (laughs) What what, what about you, Um, I think I came to film quite late. I sort of studied here, I studied graphic design, um, hated it and um, knew I wanted to work in um, moving image. I just thought it would be like artist moving image. When I left uni, I started working at cinemas and watch loads and loads of films. I worked in Leicester Square, so, you know, the big Odeon there where they do, like, the film premieres. And when you work in the cinema there, you get to go to all the other cinemas around for free. Um, So I would just watch films all day, every day, like, before work, during work, and then after work. And I got a job as a runner in a production company, a commercial production company, and I started doing the director's treatments there. I think because of my, like, very current film knowledge, it really helped me, like... um, you know, with references for commercials, that kind of thing comes up so much. They always reference films and stuff that's mm-hmm. like contemporary mm-hmm. and trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice like a lot of commercials that kind of copy what's mm-hmm. been out in the films. Um, and that was really helpful for me to get like started in industry and like learn about all the different jobs there. I just didn't know that what, what the roles were and mm-hmm. things like that. And then a couple of years later, I decided to like make a music video for a friend of mine. Um, you know, we had like 300 quid and there was like five crew and 
um, I was like focus pulling and producing and directing, of course, <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing, that, that normal hustle. And then after that, I got repped as a director. So it was very uh, quick, but I think there was a lot um, of prep before yeah. that in terms of like working in production and um, being on set and yeah. like learning through that. Nice. And can I ask, considering you all had different um, ways into getting into film, how did you find what you want? How did you identify what you wanted to say with cinema? Or did that, or are you still up? Are you still identifying? <laughs> yeah, I think it's an ongoing process. Mm. It's definitely themes that come out um, in my work uh, that other people tell me as well as like things that I gravitate <clears throat> towards or, or stories I want to tell. But I would say my work in terms of like uh, who I work with and what I make is really broad. But within that, it's like tied together like mm. by my own viewpoint, I suppose. Mm. I think that's... Massively, yeah. I th yeah, it's, yeah, I think exactly as Tash was saying, you know, there's the voice and then style, which kind of are similar things. And people often ask, where does it come from? And I've got no clue. I don't, you know, it just is what it is. And so for me, I'm interested in what I'm interested in and I gravitate towards that. And I just, that's, you know, it's constantly, I guess, instinctual. So, you know, when I'm making a film, it's, for me, a film is just a set of decisions at every stage from pre-production to the onset to the edit, you're just making decisions this way or that way, that take or this take, mm -hmm. you know, red or blue, this so for that so. And so I think those decisions are obviously informed by who I am and my background and my sensibility and all of those things. And so, yeah, exactly. As I said, other people and friends of mine say, yeah, I can see your style. I can see it. But I'm like... Yeah. Yes, but not really. Yeah. Sometimes it's intuitive, the decisions you yeah. make. And obviously, sometimes you're very conscious about why you are choosing that exactly. blue or red or yeah, what yeah, those yeah. things mean and what they're telling in the story. Mm. And then a lot of the decisions like suddenly on set, you know, when you're, it's crunch time and you have to make mm. a call really quickly. And that's, I think, a lot of it's intuitive. Or like if you're in an edit, mm. you can tell when something doesn't feel right. Exactly. And you might not be able to articulate it, but you should like that one. Yeah. And that's, you know, what people <laughs> pay us for. But um <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm still definitely trying to find my voice and mm. style and like I see it as one day I'll look back and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see a thread, but I don't go into things with that consciously in my mind, mm. really. What about you, Nat? Because as a DOP, mm. you're obviously more time taking direction from a director, but obviously at still they're trusting in you to fulfill their vision and they want to see your vision. So how do you combine both mm. to... Um. Yeah, it's a little bit different because ultimately we are sort of hired for our style, but then we are given a brief of something completely different. Yeah, we like you, but do this. <laughs> yeah, so which is great because I really would hate to be shooting the same thing visually. I mean, it could be different stories, but I would hate to shoot things that looks exactly the same. So it is a very interesting process to kind of dip into different styles and and almost speak different visual languages. Mm. I find it very, very exciting. So it, it really challenges me and I get really bored if I have to do the same thing over and over again. After two times, I'm like, okay, this is not challenging anymore. Mm. Like I've done this before. So yeah, but regarding finding my own voice, I mean, I think a lot of it is still unconscious. There are probably certain things I enjoy and things that speak to me, certain stories. But um, I think, yeah, I guess, the best way to put it would be like, it's actually really interesting to speak in different visual styles and visual languages. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it shapes up, but yeah, I would not want to be that person who gets hired to shoot exactly the, the same, same thing, thing over, yeah, yeah. over and do over. You get, do you see a style, like across obviously you work with those different people and different projects, do you see your like signature or do people say that they see? Well, my That's big great. thing is colour, uh, which is, uh, I mean, a lot of people say that, but I sort of embody that in my life usually as well. Like, I'm a very, very colourful person. I like your shoes. I've noticed Yeah. <laughs> you can't see them on camera, but they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> maybe my top is not very colourful. <laughs> but yeah, it's colour, like, and like being spontaneous and stuff like that. So it's always to do with colour. Like I always try and sneak in things. So mm. like if someone offers me a project which is kind of very bland and very white walls, then mm. I'm really not the best person to tell that story, like a social realist story. That's just not really my thing. Because mm. uh, I struggle to, or like if we tell it differently, social, well, a social realist story, but the visual world is different, then, you know, that could still be me. But if they want this 
world which is very very you know Natural, pale naturalistic naturalist yeah naturalistic mm. i'm probably not the right person to tell mm. that story because that's not how i see the world yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and just to pick up on that point how do you for example if someone comes to utash or utah with a project then that how do you have that understanding to be like i'm not the person to tell this story or when do you know when to try and bend the story to away or do you sometimes have to alleviate yourself of a story because i think that's a it's, it, that's a part of filmmaking in itself because you don't want to be the filmmaker that just does everything mm. but at the same time when do you know when something's a challenge and when do you know something's that's just not me it's a good question i mean i think um an easy example maybe is like music video briefs i don't know um if you feel the same sound like sometimes you'll get a song and or brief that is just you like you try really hard and you just don't connect with it like it could be that the song is just not your song and mm. and it's so important because um, in music videos because you of course write to like emphasize and like lift the song and you have to listen to it like hundreds of times yeah. and if you get don't connect with it then it's it's just sometimes really obvious like i just won't be able to write an idea or maybe the brief itself the song's great but like they they want something very specific mm. and um that style is just really not you you can pitch like off brief as mm. well and sometimes like if you're like the wild card they might really like that idea suddenly you might open up their eyes to something they didn't expect um but yeah i think that's a good example for me of when mm. i kind of will take a step back and say i think yeah like it's comes for, for me it's with over time and building that confidence of my own sensibilities my own tastes and you know my route into doing what I'm doing I've had to do a bit of everything mm -hmm. and I think that has been so valuable because I've just thrown myself in all sorts I've shot weddings I've shot brand stuff I've shot you know documentaries I've shot things which I might look back and think you know I'd never do that again mm -hmm. but at the time I said yeah that sounds good like if there's a story there and I can see something in it then I'll do it but I think once you do something once and you start to gauge, okay, the brand or the um, the commissioner, whoever it is, aligns with me or aligns with my tastes. And, you know, I'm quite, especially over the last few years, comfortable in the fact that, you know, my work isn't for everyone and yeah. that's okay. And yeah. I think it's good to not have work that's, if everyone likes your work, then you probably not, you probably doing something yeah. wrong. There's actually a really good point. Um, I would say like, when I started, I also just did everything. Because mm. um, I got signed after doing one music video, I didn't know how to direct, essentially. <laughs> I was just like, oh, wow, okay, I'm starting to like pitch on jobs now. And the pitching part was all right, because I'd learned that by working in-house, doing director's treatments, mm. right? But um, the actual directing part and like sort of getting to the point where now I feel like I'm not 100% sure to describe exactly what my style voice is, but I know for sure, like, the direction I'm going in. Whereas back then, I just wanted to try and learn as much as mm. possible, be on set as much as possible, direct as much as possible. And I pitched on everything because mm. the process was a learning process mm, for yeah. me. So for sure, like, I completely agree with and you just, there. You know, saying no is such a nice, or it's, it's quite empowering and people yeah. respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously it's a privilege to be able to say no, because, mm. you know, there is, a, there is a time where you you are doing everything and I would massively advise people to do everything. Yeah. You mm. know, I, that's not something I would say, like, if you could be a young filmmaker and have no exactly what one, great, fair, you know, but I think like me and Tasha saying, you just have to do it to then learn and then actually say, actually, you know what, I've tried all these things and I know where my a talents lie where my tastes lie where you know and so yeah it's kind of um so yeah i think you just you just start to know what kind of projects you you're about and, yeah you know you that you can to contribute yeah. to yeah percent. Yeah. and i i guess i mean it loads on perfectly to my next question of is that the way you would say you should build up your portfolio of work like doing everything trying experimenting or I would say your portfolio is what you is putting your best foot forward, right? So even if you do try everything, I wouldn't put it all forward. Because <laughs> like, gosh, I have so many videos which are just not out in the world. For, for a reason. Yeah, what yeah, about exactly. the early stages though? Yeah. 
the early stage of things. And also how to build connections because by doing different things, right, and Mm. doing everything, going shooting weddings, shooting documentaries, shooting off-branded content Mm. that's not really branded, you know, Mm. like I guess you'd have met so many good people on the way, so many Mm. bad people. That's also what you need on set, what works for you on Mm. set, the type of characters you probably personally Mm. need. So did it, I I guess the question I'm asking is maybe, did it help you build your portfolio? Of course, but did it also just help you build your connections, build your tribe, if you will. I think it's one of the best advices, one of the best pieces of advice I had very early on, and it wasn't even to do with this exact context, but someone pulled me aside and said, you know, it's so easy to get pigeonholed in this industry. And the guy who was telling it, it was, was talking to me about it. I was really, I must've been 18, 19, and I was running on this big set. And, you know, my knowledge then was like, oh, you know, to get into film, you run and then you become a, AD and then you become a director because that almost makes sense mm. on paper. And fortunately enough, he pulled me aside being like, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> like do what you want to do. And because if you get really good at being an AD, no one's going to hire you to direct yeah. because you're a good AD. And so I was like, okay, wow. And I took that and I, I apply that to everything now. So I know that I could shoot, a, I can shoot, I don't know, sports commercials, or I can shoot music videos, or I can, but then at every stage, I'm always asking myself, what do I want to do? And does this piece of work give any indication or give any hint to that? So yeah, early on, anything that I'd done, I would show if it meant getting more work. I was conscious, I was always conscious that I didn't want to get pigeonholed into just doing music videos or just doing these specific commercials or just, do, you know. So I think, the portfolio is so important for two reasons. One, to actually demonstrate you can deliver and that can mean whatever, but also it demonstrates who you are as a filmmaker. And so as Tash was saying, there's so much stuff I've shot, which won't see the light of day. (laughs) There's some stuff I've shot, which will see the light of day, but I'll only send it when I know it needs to be sent. Mm. And then the stuff that's on my Vimeo is the things that I know that say something about me and that I'm most proud of. Who knows, this time next year, it may look very different in terms of it's constantly changing and evolving to show what I want to, the direction I want to go and what I want people to take away from me and my, I guess, body of work. Yeah, I think the website, your portfolio is very important that it represents who you are and Mm. actually what you want to be doing. rather than having literally everything on there. It should really show this is me and give a little bit of an idea of what kind of things you can do. But yeah, ultimately it needs to be the work you want to be doing rather than don't put any work there that you don't want to be doing. Unless you're in like in the very early stages of your mm. career, like in the very beginning, sure, jump onto any opportunity, do ADing, do running, do producing, like yeah, anything. Because yeah. I, I also did literally everything. I was also shooting weddings. I was also, I was doing <laughs> interior to, yeah. photography, mm. uh, event videography, event yeah, photography. Yeah. Like I went through it all despite going to uni. I still had to do the whole journey of doing literally every single job yeah. within so film out there. I yeah. think that's what's really yeah. nice about doing a lot of different roles maybe when you start is that you start to understand what those people do when you're not doing that role. For example, like for me as a director, like starting and having to produce obviously your own stuff at the very beginning, you know, I'm so thankful for my producers now because I really value what they do and what they bring and how they let me then focus on the creative because, you know, it's all, it's all, so so important and Mm. also i guess it can help you decide like how you want to operate as well as you said like how you want to work and who you want to work with Mm -hmm. and you know like i you know i used to edit my own stuff and i'm so glad i have an editor (laughs) like you know (laughs) but you can it helps you vocalize what you want um and have like creative collaborations because you understand it a little bit you know yeah definitely agree even in my own personal practices just the bits I've done just rogue off the cuff mm. learn just being like for example working with an editor I've just started working with an editor and my, I edited all my stuff and first of all thank you to my editor but yes. second of all mm. the fact I've edited knows I, I means I can I can t- communicate with him in, to him in a way that mm. means he can understand what I'm saying mm. but also I know what it's like to edit so I'm not going to now say oh make it spin mm. he's like mm, how do I you didn't yeah. do that yeah, I can't do that now you know so yeah. it's just like it's good to yeah definitely do everything and um I guess now I just wanted to pick up on, one, on a point you were saying, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
platforms. <clears throat> now, what are the best platforms to present your work for you guys personally? And, and also, because you were saying, obviously, you should only present really what you feel is yours. Is it is it a good idea sometimes to just be like, if it's two projects that you feel like this is me, is it better to go with that? Or is it sometimes you need to have a bit more just to show range? Um, <clears throat> I think two projects is not really enough if you've done more. <laughs> so it's better to show a bit more. Saying that like in... Um relation to something like Instagram is that why you're saying yeah I think I'm talking in relation to Instagram I think Instagram is also important so don't check my one because it's not the best (laughs) um so yeah I put more work into my website although I should probably balance it out a bit more but yeah I think those two I mean the younger generation is probably doing TikTok but I'm not going to talk much about that because does anyone do that for work TikTok I Find bet some people do. Platform. My gaffer yeah. does. But no, BTS. Wow. What puts BTS on that? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. So you can the, find I me think, on TikTok, yeah. but like, I don't know how to find myself see, on TikTok. TikTok <laughs> I think TikTok's great. Like, for example, if you have someone, I know this sounds mad, not everyone's going to have that person, but if you have like a friend that can shoot mm. everything and just clip it, mm. like shoot a load of rogue videos of the day and then clip it together with a nice song, I think that's perfect for a TikTok. Yeah. But I think posting your the actual, actual. edit mm-hmm. and in a tiktok format i just don't think it sits because from what i see on tiktok anyway it's much more like you're just there to see like animal fo- like animal <laughs> funny dance mm-hmm. mad quote mad interview yeah, yeah. back to you know it's just a cycle it of that and like, yeah it's a different it's view. probably gonna change though yeah with instagram going down and tiktok going up we may have to find ways yeah it scares me um it scares me but it's hard i don't actually i'm terrible naturally with my pr let's call it you know or, you know across the board whether it's website vimeo Instagram. Um, some people are great at it, and you know, it's you can see it's hundred percent beneficial. There's no doubt about that. But I think for me, I just try to say, I think early stage career, you have to, yeah, you have to present your work in a good way. So you'd be stupid not to utilize them all or try to utilize them all and be open to finding work through any of them. But yeah, I really try to just focus on the work these days, as cliche as it sounds. Mm-hmm. It's just like you can get so bogged down in. There's a lot of noise I find on it. I'm, I guess this is more towards social media as opposed to website. But um, yeah, websites are constantly always trying to be updated. You, you update it and literally blink and it's old already, or you know, there's something's already changed. And hence the reason I'm just like, oh, this is just too stressful. And let me just focus on the work. And uh, you know, there's yeah, put what's best and just keep it moving. Mm. That's like what I try to do. But again, when you're in a position to trying to find work, then it's a different conversation, I guess. So um, yeah, all of it, I think it's, you'd be silly to rule out anything mm. in terms of, yeah. Um, I recognise that Instagram is really important, I think, um, because I, well, it's just the way that I use social media I suppose I like it's easy to look someone up Mm. and see like from their page kind of what their vibe is and Mm. that could be just if they use it for like personal stuff and work stuff that's fine Mm. um I can it can kind of look a little bit similar to a portfolio in a sense that if you've got lots of stills or like videos of your work um then maybe you'll have a certain aesthetic on your grid um And, you know, you can use, like, stories and, like, to put your BTS on and then have that in a highlight reel or something like Mm. that, I don't know. Or your promo, like, um, if, you know, if you've got press and things, you can have, like, a little press highlight or something. Mm. Um, And I, I, like, try to keep my website updated, but it is one of those things, like, so I'm saying that you get to a point where you're you're just like, okay, I need to do this now and spend some time putting up a new video. Um, And I I put up my videos and I, I also put up stills from them too. Um, I think that can be a really useful tip if you haven't got many videos, for example, like, um, you know, if you do have only two videos, like Mm. we were saying, um, if you want to start, like, showing your work, I would do it that way because, again, people are used to seeing stills in that way, like, because of social media. It's just a different way, like, I suppose our brains now process, whereas before it used to be only, like, the video clips, I would say, would be on my... um, on my website but now I, I, I open it up a bit more and I have stills from those videos as well 
Um, mm. But yeah. And I think you can get creative because even going back to what we were saying earlier about what work do you show and what do you not show, I think there's definitely a world where you can always take something from everything that you've created. So whether that means just specific clips or stills or editing things together, re-editing them in your own way mm. or doing a director's cut, which is some better music, or there's always ways in which you can A, utilize social media, but B, get the best out of your work. And I think that's almost part of the hustle, isn't it? Getting yeah, creative absolutely. and seeing what you can work with, you yeah. know, to get that first video, like sure, Tasha was saying, to do that first music video whatever it is you have to get creative because it's a friend or it's yeah. with mouse and then to get this like i remember i'm sure you'd say the same but i remember thinking or not thinking being being told where you need a bigger reel you need a bigger reel because one's not enough two's not enough three's not enough four, you know there's always there's always need for more there's always yeah. need to expand especially if it. you're trying to find a certain direction <laughs> massively so you have to in that in that period that was not the hardest but for me that let's say the first four was the hardest because every, each and every one, you've still not got much behind you. So you still have to have that same spirit mm. to get the next one. It's not, and even now, nothing ever gets handed over to you. There's always things, oh, they've not done much of this or they've not done much of that. Yes. Always got something to say. Well, so the, other, the thing that you haven't done is what they can't There's always something yeah. missing. And I think that goes with heading towards where you want to be and heading towards the work that you want to do, That the fact that you, you're always going to be pushing out of your comfort zone and... Mm. You're always having to convince people to trust in you to do something extra unless it is just doing the same thing on repeat, which, you know, if that's what someone wants to do, great, but you will get pigeonholed. But yeah, there's always a, you've got to be, there is a hustle spirit in terms of how you get that next job and how you get that bigger job, because there's always a reason why someone wouldn't trust you. There's always a reason why, oh, I don't, you know, this person has it done now or this person, you know, so Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of times where you'll always be the underdog, I think, in, in that pitch process, for example, or, or getting to that pitch process. Like, and, I, and that is, I always think it is such a hustle, like mm. being a filmmaker. Yeah, um, I think you've for got, sure. You need to have that energy to cons consistently energy. push you forward. Exactly. And I think don't think that your creativity stops in your ideas your creativity is about how you get the next ideas made. It's how you manage to pay your bills, become a professional. Like you have to be creative. Mm. Like you have to be creative. Yeah. Um, you know, who, that, who you're emailing, whose doors you're knocking on, who, you know, whatever it is, you really have to try and, you know, and I think that's part of the challenge. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, part of the fun and part yeah, of the challenge. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I love that thought. I think it's, uh, it's definitely true, mm. especially, um, well, in the early stages, it's like massively creative. You're like constantly trying to invent yourself, reinvent yourself, like making your first reel. I mean, sometimes it's just about like going, maybe shooting a few extra bits, mm -hmm. or like taking some stuff from behind the scenes video you might have done, or yeah. like as a DOP, something you've course, shot. Yeah. DOP, well, videographer, DOP, whatever you do <laughs> in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's it's massively creative. And then, yeah, so I, I really love that thought. Um, How was, what did you do in terms of some of your early mm. from your first piece to the second to the oh, third? And the challenges, I think you've all just mm. mentioned, I love how you've all just kind of gravitated towards my next question, which mm. is the challenges you face and yeah. I mean, this whole thing is a massive challenge because it's about who you know, you usually start with no connections um, and yeah, the whole thing is, is a, just a massive challenge and you constantly try and invent, reinvent put the puzzle together, figure out where your next job is coming from, what are you eating, where are you eating? <laughs> like, mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's a massive hustle. Mm. So in the beginning, you sort of jump on any job you can find. I think, yeah, I, I something I always say to like younger filmmakers is that um, even though when, when you start directing, for example, um, when I started directing music videos, I, I couldn't live off that money. I had to have another job. Like it's that's just the reality of it and I think that a lot of people because of things like Instagram where everything looks like you've got like some really um prolific output and everything looks amazing that that is your life and you've made it but like you know a few years ago I was still doing another job because I couldn't just live off my my fee that I was getting as a director mm -hmm. you know it's I so think that's such a, a 
truth that no one talks about so true yeah Yeah. everything everything looks great online like everything looks easy everyone else looks like they've got the biggest set or the biggest kit or they're working on you know with the biggest brand someone recently in another conversation a young filmmaker was asking and he said he he was pointing at um i showed i was i was at screen and showed some of my work and one of the person one of the people i worked with on one of my jobs is almost let's say i don't know not a celebrity, but he's um, this person super vocal on Instagram, and mm. he's 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 they've they've got a name for themselves. And so this young guy was asking me, he's like, you know, how did you get to the stage where you were working with such and such talent? And I said, you know what? Don't let that fool you. The people who are in and amongst you now, the people you've graduated with, the people who are willing to run around and shoot little crappy films or whatever it is, the people who are keen and hungry to learn as much as you are, they're your peers. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because I've been making films since I was probably about 19 and the, let's say the 10 people who are in my tight, tight circles, the 10 people who are, you know, really pushing me and really in their own field being super successful Mm -hmm. or working in film and TV, like in, in big, big boy jobs. I reckon about seven out of those 10 I knew when I was 19. And seven out of those 10 for the last 10 years, we've all been going on our different ways, not working together closely, tightly, but we've been persistently chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. So that every time we sit down, like me and Tash, we met how many years ago and same thing, we're in a room and we're like, amazing to see what you're up to, keep at it, you know, good to, and you know, we still keep going, we still keep going. So, I think people often can sit and think that they're constantly on the outside. Mm. You can sit and you can look at all of these people on Instagram and be like, oh, they're all working together. They're all going far. They're all on these really big projects. And so my advice to this one guy was just like, honestly, find your people now and stick close to them. And that will take you as far as you need to go. Yeah, I don't think that's actually valuable enough. And I'd love to, that's a great point you Mm. make for all students, but for young people as well, for anybody really, Mm. like I think, you're always looking at the generation ahead and you will never realise how the generation below look at you, mm. you know? So, like, I realised this recently. It's, like, not to say, like, your peers, are you, they're your peers, but they're also your competition. So when you're looking at something, you're like, oh, they're doing, you know? You, <clears throat> but it's the generation below you that are going to be, like, they're going to look at you and be like, whoa, like, you're that thing. guy. Yeah, yeah. Where you're looking up and you're going... But no, but Spike Lee's that guy, you know, yeah. or like course, Steve always. McQueen is that guy. And you're always. like, what? Well, and they're looking, no, 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 you are the guy. Like that piece of work you made, I watched 10 times over, but you made that and went, I'm here yeah. now, I'm I'm gone. And you don't even realise that the, the people at uni are looking at you or whatever. So yeah, that's a that's a great point. I think mm. finding your tribe is so, so, and so important. And I think, especially with Instagram, that's a, maybe, not lost, but I think people don't remember that, that, you know, you're looking at the person on Instagram and you're trying to be in the circle of their friends. But like you said, it's 10 years deep. It's it's going to the, together to the chicken shop after a set, after like a exactly. small budget video shoot and going, yeah. wow, I'm tired and yeah, I've got to do this again tomorrow. This it, you know, that's, yeah. that's invaluable moments that you need to build with your tribe Massively. and God willing that you'll get to those places, you know, so. Massively, yeah. like so many of my really close friends who are doing such amazing work and everyone, people often be like, how do you know these people, blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, we've been in the trenches for so long <laughs> that if you knew and, you know, we both look at each other and I know there's, I know the work that's gone into their success. They know the work that's gone into my success. And, you know, there's a genuine, there's a genuine, the support and the kind of, um, there's such genuine pride in seeing each other, cons- A, not giving up and B, have continued to just keep plowing on. And so the success, we're like, you know what, it's deserved. There's mm. no question, there's no doubt. And that's nice because, yeah, it's 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 easy to look at everyone else and what they're achieving. It's easy to see what awards they're winning or festivals they're in or brands they're working with or platforms they're... But, the reality of it is long and hard. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Mm. Um, I think the important thing we often forget is that it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. We always think like, oh, next year I'll be like doing well. But it's all about like, it's a marathon. So it takes a long, long time to start. For some people longer, for some people shorter. And that's okay because it's a career that you're going to sustain for like the mm. rest of your life, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> so... If you reach your success at 23, remember, you still need to su- 
to sustain it for another 40, 50 years, mm. hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe more. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you'll change a career. That's also yeah, fine. Yeah. But yeah, so it's kind of, I always keep reminding myself, like, it's okay. You mm. know, like, I've still got so many years and I've got some success now. I'll probably have more. It might mm. go down. It's, it's kind of like a wave as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree with yeah. what you're saying. It's just the incremental increases, that 1% each day. And I, just to touch back on it, like, how did you guys build some of your connections? Was it just you went to that party, you met that person, da da da? Was it uni? Yeah. How like what's? Can you name some of the ways you met? <laughs> That's looking at me like <laughs> in shock. <laughs> yeah, um, but how? Yeah, how? I'd love to hear those stories. I worked in retail for years. Like not only that was you know people either did retail or um, the service industry or the hospitality. Sorry, and I, retail was just my one and. Mm. I, the first job I ever got is such a joke story and this was I don't think I'd even picked up a camera like when I think back to the the audacity that I had I laugh and I was working in size and kind of history and some guy came in and we got chatting we maybe had some mutual friends and he was like yo actually i can't i genuinely can't even think back to what i said or whatever and he was like i need a filmmaker and i was like yeah i could do that <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> and it was literally my a friend of mine had a, i knew a friend of mine had a 7d you know a canon 7d mm. and the, we were like cool let's do it and it ended up being with puma and MF Doom, so strange. Wow. And they paid us £250, I think, and we were gassed. Yeah, like, course. we were like £250. No, 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 not even MF Doom. We were like, we're getting paid. <laughs> 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 and stuff. So we were in this house in West London with MF Doom. Like, it was so surreal. Like, Did he have the mask on? Yeah, yeah, the mask. He's letting us try it on. It was like, it was wow. mad. We were just literally in this room. There was like four of us. It was, you know. And Literally, that was it. And the guy who we did it with, the, the, my friend of mine who I did it with, he still working. He went and worked in advertising for years, but he's now not super, he's still, he's doing really well. Mm. He's like doing second unit on a lot of big TV shows. And again, we're all just still learning. And uh, in retail, I worked with so many people who were just like, yeah, yeah, I'm into film a little bit, or people who studied here. And it was just, I kind of just grabbed it, like, I hate the word networking because it's such a, like, smarmy, like, here's my card, what do you do, what can you do for me, all of this thing, but I always just gravitate towards the people I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. It's never about film, let's chat film, it's like, let's just chat rubbish and, you know, if we get on, we get on, you know, if we, if we have a similar sense of humour, we've got similar tastes and, yeah, it's always served me so well. Like I can go to an industry party and I'm not thinking, I don't walk into the room thinking, man, I need to talk to everyone. Mm. But I kind of stand and I chill and I gravitate towards the people I get on with or the people, you know, for whatever reason, it's often you'll be in the corner being like, oh, this is a bit stressful. And mm. then someone else will say, yeah, I just thought it was just me. <laughs> and then we'll start chatting. And then all of a sudden we're now peers or we're now exchanging details. And so, yeah, I try not to put on too much emphasis on network, mm. make sure you meet loads of people. It's just like, find your people. And that can be anything, the people who dress like you, listen to the same music as you, yeah. into the same art or, you know, exhibitions as you. And before you know it, you'll start to see that you share a lot of common values and those values translate to what happens on set and on work. You know, I've, I have a very specific vibe and approach to how I want to work. And so my sets often have a very specific vibe and a feeling and it's okay. I'm not saying that's the right way or that there's a wrong way, but I've known and I've worked with people who have very different ways of yeah. working and that's okay. But I know that's not what I want. And so once you start to meet the DPs and the producers and the, you know, stylists and all these people on set who have those common values then all of a sudden you start to see these are my people and these mm. are who help me create the best work possible and that just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and yeah it's still going so far it's served yeah. me well yeah, that's what i would say <laughs> well yeah i think i struggle with networking in a in the sense sense of like going to parties and like chatting to random people so most of the people which are part of my network is someone i met naturally mm. not mm. one of them at those parties usually 
at a film set or at uni. Mm. <laughs> so someone who might have been a runner mm. or someone who might have been my course mate. Yeah. And then I haven't spoken to them for five years. Next thing I know, they're hiring me or I'm hiring them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all you sort of become friends because you met somewhere and then hopefully you continue working together mm. or someone recommends you. So I don't think I've ever met anyone at a party who like hired me. Mm. <laughs> But that's because I guess I'm quite shy at those things. But yeah, I still get work and uh, I still have a network. Hey, it works. Even yeah, though I'm not good at in a traditional networking sense, I guess. So yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be slightly more introverted. <laughs> I think also, um, like you said, about these kind of events or parties that happen maybe within, like, I guess if if at uni, I don't know, really, you, you might have like a party with other people. It's just, um, it's not about like selling yourself, I think. It's it's just about like getting to know people, you know, um, that's how you will be with each other in life. So like, I don't think, I think that's half of like the job is how do you get, get along? Mm -hmm. You know, like what Sam was saying about, um, you know, creating um, this environment of, people you want to work with you get to work with your friends essentially and that's yeah. what's really beautiful about the job that we do mm. um I, d I I was just thinking about how I started or how I started to meet people and actually um have no idea yeah, yeah it <laughs> it's, just happens it's, isn't it? yeah random isn't it I think I think the like you said the word network is worse like yeah I think it's just friends like everyone I've worked with they're my friend that genuinely if I can't because a set's a, for me, anytime I've been on set, it's a stressful place. Mm -hmm. It's a stressful, like, sometimes you haven't got the time to really be, like, nice about what you mm -hmm. want to say. Sometimes you know I need it changed. Mm -hmm. And if they're not your friends or they don't know you're coming from an honest place, if you can't go for a drink with them, mm -hmm. then usually they're probably not going to be on your set because it's like, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm going to, it's going to be stressful and I'm going to need to know that we trust each other to yeah. do this job. I think to a certain extent, you know, that would probably apply to, like, your HODs because mm -hmm. um, those are the people as director that you need to like trust creatively mm. and collaborate with and mm. kind of work really well together. I I have a story about the first mm -hmm. kind of commissions job I did. So after that music video I did for my friend, I then won a music video, um, which was low budget, mm. um, but I didn't know anyone. Like I didn't have a producer. Um, I didn't have, you know, first AD, right. didn't, didn't know who could be those roles. So what I got put with some people. And I think the lesson I really learned there was that I didn't want to work with like old school white men <laughs> because they were a lot older than me. And I back then like looked really young and I'm very short and I think they just didn't respect me. And that was like such a hard shoot and such a quick lesson to learn, I think, mm. from that day to, 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 like you said, to choose people you want to work with yeah. and have that say. Um, I think it was a different situation because I didn't know anyone mm. um, and I was put with these people, but I I really learned a lesson there. Of, like, knew from then I wanted to make sure I could choose who I worked with and, you know, however that makes you feel comfortable, whether you need mm. to meet them before you start working with them or have a phone conversation mm. to mm. get, see if they understand your idea and things like that. It was, yeah, a really quick lesson to learn or 100%. i love that mm, and i think you know like as tash said there's it's it, the whole process is about lessons and there's some lessons that are unavoidable and you know i've had a lot of not i wouldn't even say costly lessons but lessons where similar to you where it's just been a nightmare for whatever reason and i always used to find it quite hard early on trying to choose because on one end you've got who even wants to work with me mm. in terms of at whatever level I'm at. And then on the other scale, you've got, okay, I've got two, let's just, you know, use DOPs, for example, got two DOPs, both of their work looks quite yeah. good. What I'm trying to create doesn't fit in necessarily for either. So how do I pick, mm. you know, you can meet them, you can have a chat. And if they're keen, they're both keen, like, how do I do it? But I think for me, through a lot of those lessons that I've learned the hard way, you start to realise the kind of people you want around. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer. Some DOPs like to have a very serious set, mm. like to have it run really proper. We like to have it really like this, you know, mm. we're doing a very serious job here. Mm. So everyone needs to stay in line. No one talks out of line, all of these things. And that's okay. That's not wrong or right. It's not for me. So it's like, mm. I can't really have that. It's not that deep. I yeah. always say we're not saving lives here. Yeah. As stressful as it gets, I'm yeah. like, come on, guys. You know, yes, there's a problem, but let's all just relax and mm. we'll come up with a solution. Yeah. 
And some people might find that stressful in themselves or other people might be like, nah, you know what? I respect the fact that no one ever panics. No one ever shouts at people. Yeah. And kind I'm, of a Yeah, exactly. Kind of a shouty setting. So it's for me, okay, how can I bring the best out of the crew and also the cast? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm here to do essentially mm-hmm. is make everyone do as good as possible. But okay. then also what kind of characters bring the best out of me? Mm. Because essentially if somebody's shouting or if someone's stressing or somebody's doing all of this stuff, that's not going to yeah. be conducive yeah. for yeah, me yeah, and yeah. my creative practice. I'm going to create the right vibe on set. Create the right vibe. But that vibe is personal. And mm. like I said, with those lessons, the only way you know that, the only way I can sit here and talk confidently about what I like and what I don't like is because I've been on so many times. Mm. I've learned the hard lessons yeah. and they're hard. Yeah. And they're funny. And we still <laughs> like, I met a friend yesterday, the same guy who did this, first have a job with me and we were joking because we did this he did his first short film we're talking in the last few years Mm. so his first let's say proper short film the dp that he chose terrorized us (laughs) like i was the ad he was directing and it was his first time and this guy who's my friend of mine is really chill really Mm. timid and this DP was on an absolute mad one. <laughs> like mad one. And I was AD in the first and the last time I'll ever AD. Yeah, it's a hard job that. It's a hard <laughs> job. And because it's it was a short film, it was never that deep. Mm. Everyone was there because we wanted to yeah. be there. It didn't need to be made harder than it yeah. needed to be made. But this person, it was three days and <laughs> it was three days of hell. It was funny, like, it was funny. We all, like, it was funny. We had to laugh because <laughs> it was, you know, it, yeah. it was an experience. Yeah, I can imagine. An experience, and again, lesson learned. Well, what film and project are you most proud of thus far? Have you made your proudest one yet thus far? I've got one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hit me. Um, I think my favourite one is probably the Channel 4 series of last year. It's a mini series, uh, under 10 minute episodes, five episodes. And it was extremely colorful because a director director is very much like myself. She's also a very, very colorful person. Mm-hmm. She pitched for the project, she wrote the scripts and she got a chance to do it. And yeah, it's teenage stories, basically really, really colorful, really engaging and really, really fun. And I had to pick my whole team. So I brought a bunch of friends yeah. or people I usually work with who have become friends. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, despite it being really, really stressful and you never really know what's going to happen and like it wasn't maybe the smoothest process. I mean, what is ever really smooth? Um, I think just because it was like, it was a long period of time. So we were able to really focus on doing the same thing and really streamline things. And uh, the story was good. The visual world was good. Actors were good. All the elements essentially came together. Oh, and yeah, it just feels like a really, really cool project. Amazing. I want to nice. do more of those. <laughs> um, I would say So Far Kindred, which was my kind of first short film, is a personal project. And I guess similar, yeah, to you, it was friends came together. The idea was quite abstract and the whole, everyone really believed in it from the cast and the crew. And I was really proud of the outcome. Nice. Well yeah. yeah. Um, this is a hard question. Um, but actually, made the, the I just shot a music video for a really good friend of mine, and literally graded it yesterday. Um, but what was really nice about doing that is that we worked together a few years ago. Um, her name is Lucinda Troyes, and we did a um, sort of music film a few years ago when we when we connected because her, our parents are from the same place in Malaysia. Mm. Her, her dad and my dad. Um, and we loved that project and we got on straight away um, and we became really, really good friends. And going back to what we were sort of talking about earlier, Lucinda had said, like, you know, look at where we are now and imagine where we'll be in a few years time. And it was really nice to like come back to doing a project. Now, now she's signed to um, 4AD and um, I'm signed to a production company that are great called Blink. Um, and we made this like beautiful video that I love and means a lot to both of us. Um, and that was just, it feels really meaningful to like kind of uh, as a next chapter in our in our collaboration together. Congratulations, Thanks. and I'm, I guess it means I'm similar. But what's your biggest achievement? So, mm. I mean, it's I guess it coincides with your proudest projects. But would you have? Do you? Yeah, are they separate or are they all aligned? It's, it's my biggest achievement. I've just 
got my um, feature film into development, mm. which is still a long way to go. We were talking earlier that it's, you know, it's, it's in, yeah. I'm really, starting the popcorn now. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that is, yeah, the biggest achievement thus far, but it's also the biggest task ahead. So mm. it's, yeah, it's, Congrats. you know, an idea I'm really passionate about. It's really personal and I know what I want it to be. So the pressure is on for me to achieve that. But mm. yeah, that's definitely the biggest achievement so far. Mm. Mm. I think I'll talk about, not in terms of projects. I mean, I guess the series would be the biggest yeah, one in of terms of projects, but I think just making it this far in yeah. the industry and having a nice life where I managed to combine leisure, like mm. travel, I travel a lot. 44 countries so far (laughs) and a Korean film which so far seems to be working pretty well so I think that's my biggest achievement (laughs) oh oh, this is a really hard question (laughs) Um, in terms of like career achievement um, I did an ad last year it was like a UK TV ad I think for me to work on on something that had that much scale Mm. um, was like really great for me in terms of learning VFX, in-camera effects, Mm -hmm. shooting abroad, um, you know, that kind of stuff. For me, it was like a really big learning experience. And also, I guess, in terms of like a career achievement, it was was substantial, I suppose. Um, Yeah. Nice. And I guess my last question, guys, is what would you say to your university selves? And also... To tie into with that, how would you, what would you say to them about going full-time into cinema? Because you've all successfully made that jump. I'm still looking to make that jump. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Just persevere. Just keep going. <laughs> Eventually you'll make it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's really tough out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't be afraid to take risks. And there's no rush and I think, you know, I do what you need to do, you know, don't be afraid to have to, you know, work retail or shoot weddings or do whatever you need to do in terms of that's going to sustain yeah. you in that time. It will come. Yeah. 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 If you really love it, if you really want to be working in film, yeah. just stick with it and do, do what you need to do. Yeah. There's a, there's a million reasons not to do it. Yeah, exactly. There are so many reasons. It looks and sounds glamorous, but the reality of it is long and hard. And you either let those reasons put you off it or you just keep your head down and keep going, I Mm. think, for me. Yeah. It's not a sprint. It's a a marathon. Yes. That's a lovely way to win. Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for your time. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of LCC's Value Talks podcast. Keep up to date with future episodes and the latest on life at the college by following us on social media. You can check out our YouTube channel by searching for London College of Communication and also follow us over on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at LCC London. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.